What's up, Jolyn? Hey, welcome back, brother. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I just want to let everybody know, thank you so much for the great thoughts, the prayers, the the positivity, the the remedies. Also, you know, some folks sent me echinacea recipes and everything else. So thank you all. Uh, I am feeling so much better. My wife and I are both feeling much better. Uh, it feels good to be back in Seattle um, as well. Um, but I definitely want to just send a special, you know, request, you know, just keep also Butter in good thoughts because unfortunately my dog Butter caught COVID-19, so we're still working through that, so. But outside of that, life is good. Life is good. How are you, Jolyn? Oh, it's Bliss City up in here. It is Bliss City. <laughs> Everything is shiny and brand new over here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All yeah. right. See, I, I need to, I need to get back. I need to get back on those vibes. I don't know. Maybe I lost it. Maybe I was too busy and everything else. But you know what? We're gonna get back into the swing of things because we got a full fledged show today. We do. We do. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be real good. All right. So let's get some of the stuff out of the way. Let's see. You know. Let's see how it goes. You know, it's been a minute, but you know. What's up, everybody? I'm Mark Monroe. Welcome to the Come Up series, where you know we get to talk all things investment, startups, and a few things in between. I'm accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, and co-creator, none other than Give It Up for Lady. Y'all, it is Jalen GC and the place to be. What does it cousin? All right, so uh, just get some quick housekeeping out of the way. If you haven't subscribed, just uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button down below. I'm getting, I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. And on top of that, if you like the video, or if you think that you're going to like today's video, which <laughs> spoiler alert, you will, uh, go ahead and hit that like button down below. And on top of that, if you want to be in the know, just like you know who it was. Do you know who it was? Do you know? Who? Okay, I'll just show you. Shout out to Roman. <laughs> For being the first one in the chat, he had his bell ready and everything else. So we salute you, my guy Roman. Wonderful profile picture that you have here. And thank you for being first in the chat. We salute you. And if you want to be like Roman, make sure you have the bell. So that way you can be a part of the Notification Squad, a.k.a. the Cool Kids Club. All right, Jolyn. So I know I've been away for a minute, but how do we do in today's markets and you know all this other good stuff or we got any good vibes from the ancestors like i need it today yo all i can say is <laughs> <laughs> all i can say is the dow was negative 151.91 points s&p 500 was negative 14.15 points and the nasdaq fighting for its life <laughs> um holding it down <laughs> 19 Point one two points. The VIX is high. It's at thirty two point six nine, um, and the U.S. ten year is at three point four five percent. We got the Fed talking tomorrow, and heading over to sector performance. Um, oh my gosh, Mark! I almost forgot to tell you. Hmm. There are eleven sectors, and as you know, we track. <laughs> we track. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. So we got technology holding it down. Number one. Energy, then followed by industrials. Then for our bottom three, we have health, consumer staples, and utilities. Heading over now to our um, picks, aka the sips. You can find these on our um, Instagram page at that come up series. Um, we have Joanne at seven point five six percentage points to the upside. 
Uh, CrowdStrike, 3.07 percentage points to the upside. And Tesla, positive with 2.39%. Then um, I'll give you the following ticker symbols that are holding it down for the bottom feeders. We have O-I-H, ticker symbol T-W-L-O, and ticker symbol R-H, all negative. Um, so in that order, negative 2.10 points, negative uh, 2.13 Point and then negative 4.91 percentage points. So, yeah. And Mark, you know, just also there's been you know layoffs. Red Redfin laid off with I think it was eight percent. Yep, I think Coinbase laid off eighteen or fifteen percent or something like that. Yep. So, yeah, we have. I mean, we're in bear market territory right now. Um, what are yes. we? Is it twenty two percent now? Um, from January 3rd highs? Yeah, so from the, I think from the highs, we're down. So for those of you that want to know, and we're pretty soon, we're going to have our guests on to talk a little bit more in depth about it. Um, but naturally, when you're down 20% uh, from your all-time highs, uh, that's mm -hmm. pretty much a bear market territory. A lot, of, a lot of times people ask, well, how do you know that you're out of bear market? Well, I mean, you got to get up out of that 20%. So when you gain back 20%, then you're out of bear market. So... All right, so oh. we got some ancestral history. We you know, do. I, I, I need a word today. Well, definitely, he's not an ancestor yet, but he's definitely, um, he's still alive. Um, okay. But, you know, we got to, I think we just need to increase the vibes. You know, I heard that y'all were talking like in millions. We need to start talking in billions and just kind of expand things out. So let's talk about. Um, Robert F. Smith and how he became a billionaire. Shout out to Brian Payette, our historian. All right. So wait, just so if you're just tuning in, um, you know, we do Black History from February all the way up until Juneteenth. So the, our favorite holiday, and I don't even celebrate holidays like that, y'all, but for Juneteenth, it goes down. Um, is this, is, is it this weekend? I was yeah. going to say, whoa, wait a minute. It's oh, on the 19th. Time, I'm telling you, this year, time is, or just over the... It's just running. Well, it's going fast and slow at the same time, though. Like, that's, that's been my experience. It's so weird. But, um, yeah, so we are getting ready to get to our next um, to do two. So here we go. Those looking for Robert F. Smith's secrets to becoming a billionaire should study his journey to the top. From his extensive education in engineering and finance to his founding of Visa Equity Partners and all the hard work that got him there. He's also a savvy businessman who graduated with honors from the MBA he earned at Columbia University. After decades of hard work at the intersection of technology and finance industries, Smith is also now known as the wealthiest black man in America. Smith has a net worth of six billion as of july 2021 according to forbes an entrepreneur and philanthropist smith is the founder chairman and ceo of vista or excuse me vista equity partners he's also an accomplished chemical engineer receiving a bachelor's degree from cornell university even as a successful businessman in his early years after founding vista smith found that he still flew under the radar of i <coughs> now that's interesting mark flying under the radar of the public um, but let me see where do I just, okay. He lived a quiet nerdish life as someone who loved to solve problems, but he found his, 
kind of <laughs> was holding him back from closing deals in the private equity realm. I, this is him talking now. Uh, Smith says, I started first as an engineer, then as an investment banker, and then starting Vista Equity Partners. I realized that I was going to be limited by the amount of capital I could get invested if people didn't know who I was. In 2016, it was noted that even though Smith was the richest black man in America, most people had never heard of his name. As of 2018, Forbes estimated Smith's net worth at $4.4 billion, while also noting his strong philanthropic I can't even talk, focus. Smith signed on to the Giving Pledge in 2017, promising to give away most of his fortune during his lifetime. He was the first African-American to sign on. The most important thing you can do as a young person in the Black community is to become an expert. Smith said in a candid interview at Columbia Business School in front of the Columbia Black Business Students Association. It's key to become skilled in whatever it is that you are desirous of doing. And that takes countless hours and in some cases outreach for knowledge and information. And in some cases, it's about building a learned capability. To me, there is no substitute for that. There's no substitute for becoming an expert and being the best at your craft. And that's what I focused on. So shout out to Robert F. Smith, not an ancestor yet, but definitely a force. Talk your talk, King. Yeah. Talk your talk. Something that, you know, honestly, I hope that many people aspire to, to be like in the sense of, you know, carving and paving out your own way, but realizing mm -hmm. you don't have to be out there in the bright lights in order to be one of the most influential people in the room. Speaking of which, you know... <laughs> You know, this is a perfect segue, Joanne, okay. well, <laughs> to speak of a wonderful guest that we have brought to the table with us, because he hails from Minnesota. <laughs> he started his journey in the investment banking world and honestly was like, um, this ain't the path for me. Put two fingers in the air, split them and shake them and let me go out there and carve my own path. And indeed he did. You've seen, you may have seen him on CNBC quite a few times and trust and believe the brother definitely knows what he's talking about. And you know, he may, you know, provide a little bit of financial advisory here and there. And then on top of that, you know, be all about the generational wealth for the people as well as possibly even venturing into private markets, not only just the publicly traded markets, but also the private markets. Y'all, without further ado, because we got a lot to talk about, and I trust and believe there's a story to tell here, give it up for none other than Delano Sapporo of New Street Advisors. What's hey. good, my guy? What's well, good? Mark? Hey, Delano. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Now, we said that you hail from Minnesota, but go ahead and let the people know where you currently reside. Yes, I am in New York, in Manhattan. Um, I love it. I love being in New York. I don't know who else in the chat, what other cousins in the chat live in New York. Please make yourself known, because um, I, I love being out here. I love being out here on the East Coast. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so we got a lot to unpack here, because I know I just, like, kind of, like, I try to bring you out like Steve Harvey did during the original Thank Kings of Comedy. <laughs> Thank you for that intro. That was far above anything so. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into it because Delano, like you're, I mean, honestly, it's like your career is fantastic. Like, you know, 
going on to get your MBA and then going into pretty much the world of finance. I mean, starting off with Credit Suisse. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like, yeah. you know, let's, we're not going to run past any speed bumps today. We are so not. you, you get your MBA and then you go to Credit Suisse. Yeah, Mark, could you, let, me, let me break that down. One, this is Sorry, such, an, you say that again? such an exciting time because I want to really let my guard down. I, th I thought this would be the best platform to really be me. You mentioned CNBC and other platforms where I'm more buttoned up, more tightened up, and not really speaking the way I want to speak about my experiences. Um, and I haven't even done that really on my own podcast. I want right. to step here, but I think this is a great platform. So Credit Suisse, after I finished my MBA, and again, you mentioned it in the beginning, I, it just wasn't the best journey for me. We're talking about corporate America, finance for young minorities and black and brown people. It's just not always, you know, we can be talented and it's not always the best route because we can be stifled. We can feel imposter syndrome. We can feel yep. microaggressions, a lot of different things. And I felt all of those um, in, in my time there and ultimately decided I felt like I could do something much better yep. on my own and do something that I was much more passionate about on my own and so like you said i just really if we're really honest i had no backup plan no other job literally walked out never came back and that's literally how i did it um and from that point on i knew i wanted to be a financial advisor investment advisor planner i didn't know if i wanted to work for someone or start a registered investment advisory firm and so i talked to some few firms i don't want to put their names out there but literally a lot of them denied me a lot of them said hey i flew out to the west coast met with a big firm that has two billion assets under management out on the West Coast. They met with me, they loved me, but they said they wouldn't give me an offer. And I was, I didn't get it. I really didn't understand it. I talked to a big firm here. You might know who they are as well. They're actually really nice, but same thing. And I, I just didn't understand what was going on. So I'm, I'm going over, over uh, my time. But I just, from that point on, I knew I wanted to start my own investment advising firm to do things the way, way I wanted to do and to help a lot more people. So, so it's, oh, go ahead, Jolene. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so you are definitely speaking my language. What I hear you saying is basically you created your own opportunities. So since you created your own opportunities, what has that freed you up to do? Yes. Oh, man, Jolene, so many things. One part of, you know, this has been freedom. We, I, I price price show financial freedom, all that stuff, 100% is part of it. But it's freed me up to help people that I want to help. Like if you look at my client base and I'm, I'm starting like I'm advertised, but it's not an advertisement. It makes a point. My client base is almost 400 client families that I do investment management for and financial planning. The makeup is, is looks like the United Nations, but it's a lot of black and brown people, whether they're corporate entrepreneurs, actors, NFL athletes, it freed me up to work with those people. Cause a lot of times, if you look at all these other firms, these other investment advisory firms, and someone said in the chat, is it a hedge fund? It is a registered investment advisory firm, which some hedge funds have that model. We have a different model, but um, they have minimum asset requirements. They have other things that bar out certain people to get advice, yeah. right? Like if other firms will say, hey, you can't talk to this, this prospect or client unless they have $500,000 right now to invest, or they have a million dollars or two million. Not everyone has that starting out, especially if they're young. So yep. when I said, I want to create my own firm, my firm, we have over 400 clients, almost 400 client families, tens of millions of dollars that I'm managing, and there's no asset minimum. So it freed me up to do things the way I wanted to do, Jolene, and also to kind of speak the way I wanted to speak. In some of my past episodes, I'm going off on some things. Like, I'll say their name. Edward Jones literally told me, 
when I was like young in Iowa and I wanted to be an advisor. I was working at a commercial bank. I was like, man, I kind of want to be an advisor. They're like, I met with a recruiter guy there and he was like, hey, <laughs> only speak to people up there. There was three things like they had to be blue eyed, gray haired and like something else. I forgot what it was. And like, I tweeted about this before and, I, and he pretty much said, unless they're like white and old people, you can't talk to them on a plan. And I was, it just didn't sit, and I was in Iowa at this time and it just didn't sit right with me. So it freed me up so much to really talk about my experience, help people do things I wanted to do, JoLynn, and and not feel like pressure to do anything else, to be honest. That's kind of interesting that you that you mentioned that because it's kind of like, you know, going the entrepreneurial route, which is always kind of like the considered the most unconventional, but yet at the same token, it can be sometimes the most fulfilling. Yeah. Um, walk us through what, 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 what that was like, like when you said, all right, pieces, I'm out. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, boom, it's like you're starting, you're going like, I think every entrepreneur understands like kind of like there's something that clicks or there's something that goes on through your mind or yeah. something that it's a feeling. The moment that when you finish those first set of filings as a company or as a firm and you're like, oh, wow, okay, I'm here now. Like, <laughs> talk us through that. That feeling is indescribable because people in the chat, the cousins in the chat, let me know if you know you're an entrepreneur. Some of you know, but you don't know. And I didn't know in my early years because one, I was never promoted a job that I was ever at because one, I just hated taking direction. If I didn't understand what I was doing, I just didn't want to do it. If it wasn't benefiting me directly, I didn't want to do it. Um, and so I was never promoted. But if you look at what I've done in the three years I've been on my own, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's really like, I just didn't understand doing so. So when you first do that filing, when you first go on your own, I felt a sense of relief almost. In the beginning when I was like, make the decision part of like, should I do this? That was the scariest part for me. It was like, man, should I find a company I can work for? Can I do this at an insurance company, which never wanted to do that. Um, but I was really making that decision. I was really, that was the most ang anxious I was. Once I really made the file, and I remember the date, it was in August of 2019 that I registered my LLC. October yep. of 2019, I was a registered advisor, meaning I had passed the Series 65 certification that allowed me to take on clients. And since then, I always knew right then that that was the right thing to do. I was bringing people on, I was helping people, I was already bringing on clients right away. The pandemic happened, obviously, the beginnings of it a few months later, and that could have been a scary time. I was like, man, should I like, but honestly, people wanted to invest at that time. So it really spurred more people to come my way that wanted to have a fiduciary advisor. Maybe they want to do something different than trade on their own or want to have a portion of their money uh, managed differently. And so it really, I felt much better then. And so, but I remember the exact moment, 2019 of August, um, LLC registered. My birthday's August 1st. So it was like, I was 30 years old at the time that I did that. And I felt like such a freeing, freeing moment because I was always an entrepreneur underneath the surface. I just didn't know it. And a lot of people, it is a risky thing, but as you, the, everyone here, the cousin, everyone, you two know, it just breeds more rewards, but you have to be ready to take that risk. Like you can't do anything without taking a risk and you really have to prepare yourself to do that. Well, it's interesting because somebody just said, yes, brand new entrepreneur right here. Just collected my first invoice yeah. today. So yeah. shout out to you, Tracy. We see you out here. Okay. So one of the things that we constantly hear about, like, you know, it's like a lot of people don't trust financial advisors or financial planners. And so, you know, what are some of the things that people should look forward when it comes to selecting a financial advisor or a financial planner? 
That is such a great question. I think there's a few things. And, and again, I can speak from my own bias perspective as a fiduciary registered advisor and planner investor portfolio manager versus like a broker or someone that's like a financial coach. So yep. really it's a fit for you, right? A financial coach or an investing coach can teach you things if you're a hands-on person and want to do things on your own, right? That is an avenue to go to. So if that's your, if you know that's your personality and what you like, find a look at that round. There's so many people that are black that are doing that, that are doing a great job. Obviously you guys are doing a great job of that. So there's so many people that you should go to for that. Now, if you sit in another bucket where you want a fiduciary advisor, learning, trading, investing isn't your thing, or maybe you have retirement money that you want to be a little bit more conservative with or something of that nature, then you'd want to look at a fiduciary registered advisor that fits in your wheelhouse. And again, it, it is that dance. It's kind of like a dating thing. I don't take on anyone now. I used to in the beginning, like, oh, if there's someone, but now it's like I have to be more selective because it has to be a good fit on both sides um, yep. to work with someone and keep someone that's in their community for you. And then lastly, you know, that the broker aspect, which, you know, a lot of people have weaned away from that just because um, in some cases it could be not a conflict of interest, but they have a, what's called a suitability standard, mm. which is not mm. the future. suitability. It's like, all right, if it makes a little bit of sense for the client, we will sell them a, or an insurance product or something of that nature. Again, not a bad thing to have insurance or have a risk hedge uh, on and sort of that thing, but then maybe they don't specialize in portfolio manager or financial planning as uh, the other tiers. So ask a lot of questions, meet with people. Um, I do think there's a lot of people that are stuck in paralysis phase when they're thinking about their finances. Like, they, I don't know what to do. That's what a, a, an expert will help you do. They will push you past the feeling of uh, feeling uncomfortable and get you to actually do something rather yep. than not doing anything, which I think is the worst thing to do. So who's your best fit client? Good question. <clears throat> oh man, people that have trillions of dollars. No, I'm just joking. My best fit client has been everyone. <laughs> Honestly, I have people that have millions of dollars in their class accounts. I have people that have a thousand, couple thousand, and just building and saving at 200 bucks every month. I don't care. I want people to reach their goals. The fit is someone that understands New Streets community and what we try to do um, as an advisor, which is you know help people with their long-term plan trading and stuff is great and you guys are excellent traders i look at it, everything from a long-term perspective i want people to be set up for their goals and i only talk to them about their goals one to two decades out one to decades out the shortest maybe five years out what are we trying yep. to do in those time frames so if they're aligned in that aligned to working together on that and really ambitious about how much they want to save sticking to a budget keeping themselves accountable um ambitious in their career i love working with other entrepreneurs because i'm an entrepreneur um that gets me excited um so that is a great fit but we're open i just love working with great people um that are really fit you know a, a community of ambitious people if that makes sense Jolyn. okay so we talked about the intro of how everything got up and going yeah we got let's take a little quick break here because you know this wouldn't be the come up series if we didn't talk about a few things that are currently transpiring in today's market yeah. now all right so let's set the stage really quickly context, <laughs> context. 2022's like phrase for the year is context saves lives yes. all right so all right so we have quantitative easing is is officially over yep. we're now in a quantitative tightening phase yep. um we also have interest rates that are consistently being hiked uh, i yep. think we were at 50 and now there's a potential for 75 tomorrow um inflation has gotten really hot it's like the it's like somebody turning on the heat 
on the uh, turning on the heater when it's like already hot outside. <laughs> no. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? It's an election year. Uh, that's midterm election, but we won't see that until a little bit later on. Yeah. We also have what? Oh, I mean, we have a war that's also inducing a lot of supply shocks and constraints. Yeah. Uh, we're still trying to get over a pandemic that has transpired. Yes. So. And then on top of that, we have the markets officially in bear market territory. Yep. Now, if somebody woke up, like just, if somebody was just like sleep for the past two years <laughs> and woke up, <laughs> here, here's, here's a challenge for you. If they were asleep for two years and then they finally woke up, just, they just woke up tonight and were like, whoa, what happened? Yeah. How would you, ex how would you explain it? One, okay. and then two, as a certified financial advisor, what advice would you give? Yeah, that's such a great question. You broke down everything that's happening in such a great way. I mean, when they woke up, I said, your hair is on fire. No, everything that was happening in 2020 and 2021 was a product of, you know, obviously we had to do some certain things during the pandemic, and which is, you know, we had to... Um, open the spigot and release money and help people. Um, we had to get people back to work and we had to do a lot of things. So that easy monetary policy was happening. So now that's being sucked out of the economy right now. That's literally what's happening. Well, one, let me back up. I'll tell them that inflation is rampant. We're at the highest levels of inflation that we have seen in almost four decades. And yep. that is eating up, you know, everyone's, if you're a driver, I'm not a driver. I just literally, because I'm in New York and Manhattan, but the gas prices, everything is eating up in people's salary. People have usually a constant salary for one, what? two, three years. Hold, hold, hold on, time out. um, what's gas? <laughs> Are you a Team Tesla. You have a Tesla market, so I was like, all right. I love that. Electric vehicles makes sense um and yeah and exactly right like so that's happening for a lot of people you're seeing literally inflation eating up a lot of, of you know people's income right and so you have that side of things and then you have the the fed and you have the policies that are being sucked out of the market to you know ease this inflation so i would literally tell them like you have two two-pronged sword and we're double mm -hmm. sword we're trying to fight here with the fed has to do what they have to do to ease inflation which is raising rates which is bad, obviously, for growth stocks in this environment because the discount rate applied to these cash flows. So, in, in all in all, in all, like the market for growth stocks, all that stuff that was happening during the pandemic, that is falling right now. Now, as an advisor, I would tell them like if you're looking at long term, without giving explicit financial advice, this may be an opportunity for people that are long term investors that are even trading too. Like we are going, we are in a bear market, officially closed in a bear market. Um, as mm -hmm. of yesterday. So, you know, if you look at the historical context of this, you know, every bear market we've gotten past. There's been different durations of them. But every bear market we have got past. Um, and so we have to, you have to understand your comfortability with how much time you can be uncomfortable with volatility um, and red days. I love, I love the chats go, going off about the, the Tesla. Oh, God. <laughs> that we have. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla, I mean, it's smart. I mean, gas prices, didn't they say it was at $5, $5 average, which is the highest it's ever been? Like, uh, 
I think I've seen like in some places where it's like seven dollars, eight dollars. So like, if, like if you can, if, if people in the chat, if you can, I mean, no, all jokes aside, I mean, I mean, I, you know, hey, like, I don't want anybody to like literally be spending their hard-earned money at the pump. I mean, if you don't have to, um, but if you can, like, for for context and just for data point. You know, shout out where you're from and also what the cost of gas is where, you, where you're currently at. So that way we can just get a, an interesting consensus. Whoa. South Carolina, $5.79. Whoa, it's getting hot out here. <laughs> oh, but let me ask you this. Um, so with these conditions, I don't remember. I mean, I know what you said when you started, but I don't remember what the the market conditions were when you, you know, essentially put out your own shingle. Mm -hmm. Now, and I know you still have the second half of your question to answer, but let me just mm -hmm. throw this in there right now while it's fresh in my mind. So with these conditions right now, can you talk about like, is this fertile ground or ideal conditions or whatever for someone with the entrepreneurial spirit, like when it comes to creating value and opportunity mm -hmm. in a particular type of market? Yeah, Joel, that's such a great question. Because people will tell you no, and I don't think that it's right. I think that no matter the condition, if you have a burning idea, if you have a burning passion, you need to step out whenever it's ready. Because if you try to time that, it just will never work. I, I told you like in 2019 when I started, really in October, in March of that year, or of, of yeah, March of 2020, whatever it was, uh, of 2020, yes, that is when we had the pandemic. And so people are like, man, horrible decision, but it wasn't like, of course it was bad for what was going on in the world, but I was getting so much many clients because every young person wanted to invest. I think one month I was like bringing on like 25 people that wanted to invest. And so if you're thinking about it, all right, man, things are getting dire out there. Should I be, I have an entrepreneurial mindset. Should I be doing it? If you can make money, if you can do well during a bear market or recession, you'll do 10 X that in good times, you will do so much better in good times. You need to step out when it's the right time. Because if you keep saying, I'll wait to this, I'll wait to that, just, it's just never going to be the right time. Um, when it's good times, you're like, oh, I'm doing well, it's good in the job, I feel comfortable. No, I think you need to jump out there because um, really as an entrepreneur, you have to really take that risk. It's just, that's just where my mindset sits when it comes to that. Now, your other question, or the other question, the other half about like, you know, so given these conditions that we have right now, like as the investor slash trader, um, you know, what, what advice do you have? Yes. So I think honestly, trading is going to be volatile, but you know, when you have volatility for traders, there's opportunity in that. Obviously if you're shorting, you're going mm -hmm. long, there's going to be opportunity because there's going to be volatile days for us over the next several months. For long-term investors, I think this is an awesome opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity to be buying assets that you believe in long-term, whether it's large cap, you know, stocks, whether it's in tech or healthcare, whether it's large cap, even crypto. I don't, I haven't got you guys' thoughts on crypto yet. But no, go ahead. <laughs> crypto, like people are like, oh, crypto. I'm sure everyone that's bullish on crypto right now is getting messages from their friends like, oh, I told you. No, I, I, crypto is not dying. Bitcoin, I don't believe Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of those large cap, strong, solid tokens are going to be dying. Um, this is an opportunity for you to be buying and holding these assets you know, on in your portfolio, on your books, selling assets that are way lower than they were a long time ago. If you were buying at 60,000, why would you, you know, not be buying at 20,000 if you fundamentally believe in like Bitcoin? And so this is actually honestly an opportunity, an incredible 
you know, these bear markets come out once every year. We had it in 2020 because of obviously pandemic, but yeah. they don't come out often. And these use your opportunities for investors, to be honest. Yeah. It's interesting because I posted up a tweet the other, uh, I think, was it yesterday or today? I said, we've had seven bear markets in the last 50 years. Mm. And the, so it just put this, it's for everybody back at home, if you're sitting here, like, I want you to write this down. In the last 50 years of the stock market, yep. we've only had seven bear markets. Yep. And when you think about the value from when we went into bear market territory, from that point till the next quote-unquote bear market, yep. look at the look at where the market has gone to yep. every single time. So when people sit back and it's like fearful and everything else, and when we think about also startups, you know the easiest way to think about it is, and I think we did this in a previous video where I where I mentioned if you notice like during tough economic times or when times when the market was fearful look at the pedigree of things that come out into the open market mm. because like think about some of your greatest startups that were that that launched that mm. became unicorn companies mm. they came out during times of economic downturn mm -hmm. when you look at say for example businesses that that are non-unicorn but are just doing great and flourishing 100%. These were the opportunities in which that they did so because everybody else was afraid to start and they took the courage to, to actually start and get going. So the best advice that I can always give people is, would you rather be a has-been or never was? Mm. 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 That's such yeah. good advice. Okay, I have another question. So if I go into my DMs right now, <laughs> I would open them right now. The flavor of the DMs is all about risk management given mm -hmm. the context that we're talking about. So mm -hmm. what, um, I mean, especially given your background, um, what advice do you have on risk management? Plenty. Um, I mean, this hopefully doesn't sound too cliche because I know your listeners and community is pretty expertise because they've been hearing from you guys for over two, three years. But I think diversification is one thing. I'm never, I mean, we go on and we talk about different stocks, different things, but. I never overweight one position in my mind. Only the things I have the highest conviction on. Still, I'm not overweight that that position. You know, to ever 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 where I would feel uncomfortable. So everyone should be diversified. Whether that's industries, whether that's you know different security types, it should be all of these things probably. But you definitely have to have diversification. That's part of risk management. The other portion I actually think is part of risk management is understanding you and yourself and why you're investing. If you're a trader, you have to understand what you're trading, how you're doing it, getting it out, sticking to those cues that allow you to be disciplined because trading is such a, a game of discipline. If you're a long-term investor, understand like, all right, the money that I put into this account that's long-term, I don't want to pull this money out if I don't have to. I shouldn't be selling at the bottom or panic selling because I didn't carefully think about the, the amount, the money that I'm putting into the account. Um, and also, I'm another person that likes to have cash on hand. So understanding when you need to raise cash when you don't that's a definitely a good part of risk management you have a little bit of cash so you could feel comfortable buying at dips um did you take some cash and did you raise some cash when markets were at crazy valuation so that's part of risk management it's also sometimes being counterintuitive to what you're feeling everyone's like oh the world is ending but if you have cash maybe you're buying at this time or back when it was euphoria about the stock market everyone's buying it's like maybe you're like you took some off the table I always hear someone say this in, um, about lucky bets. If you take a riskier, aggressive investment or bet 
and it let's say it you know goes up two x or you two x your money, take a third off the table, take the original principal off the table. Now you're just riding with the free money, right? And so thinking of these things and, and being disciplined, it's hard to do because greed and fear are some strong emotions, but um, hmm. that's that's the best way I can say on how we, we manage risk. Okay. So let's let's get into another topic here because it kind of like feeds into it. Let's talk about the general. Let's talk about generational wealth. Oh, my favorite topic. You know, I feel like it's you know it's it's something that you know connects us all. Yes. You know the generational wealth topic. Um, you know, as a as an advisor, as, and then just as a person that just wants to see people win. Yeah. You know, the ultimate objective is, is that you want to see other people win. You yeah. want them to reach whatever levels of success that there is and ultimately be able to pass something on. So I, I always say, give me one challenge that, that you see as it pertains to that journey of generational wealth. And then on top of that, it's like, what's, what's the one rule that you would probably say that you set forth if a person is really serious about reaching that generational wealth goal? What would be that one rule that you would probably say that like literally sticks as like okay this is a must this is a must do mm, man that's a wonderful question i never got to everyone talks about it but no one talks about what are the challenges and the rules i love that so the, the challenge for me and i'm always going to keep it from the perspective of our our community um just in general like black and brown people um i think the big challenge i always saw and i still think it's there is was the access to capital. Like there'll be a few people that will get that access to capital. And I don't think it's information. It's definitely not, people would say information and literacy. No, people like you guys have been spreading information and literacy to masses for a long time. Everyone knows every almost everything. Everyone has a tool. So the challenge is the access to capital. And I think that's starting to change. Like when you're talking about um, the, the, the access to capital, where are we getting that? How are we formulating it? Can we, can, we come, can we be looked at as investors and get backing from large institutions or backing from our own community or backing from individuals or high net worth? That is the access to capital is the biggest thing. I still think it's a challenge because it's not, you're seeing pockets break out of it, but it's not mass adoption um, in other areas. So I, I think that would be the biggest thing. You said the, the rule, right? Mm -hmm. um, the rule is we have to really, you know, take risk honestly like it's i keep bringing going back to risk it's like about entrepreneurial risk like putting yourself out there like you like people like you guys did to, to start a, an incredible community putting yourself out there to start a fund and people will you know when you're beginning things people will be like oh uh, good luck it's more of like a good luck like i they're gonna fail like it's like what we're we rooting for you good luck but putting your your yourself out there and be like screw it, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna start a content, I'm going to invest, I'm going to get backers, I'm going to let people know what I am, who I am, what I do, and take that risk. Because if you're comfortable, you get a job, you get, you get, people are getting paid a lot more now. But if you don't take the risk, you're not going to get generational wealth. And again, not putting down anything that W2, you can make a lot of money in tech and corporate, anything. But if you're talking about generational wealth, you, you can't do that without risk. You can't do that without stepping outside the box. You can't do that without doing something that is probably not being done with around the people around you. So taking risk is the challenge that we all have to be better at. How do we scale something? It was funny. I just saw a Facebook reel. It was Steve Harvey was talking about how Robert to become a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, how do you scale it? The scaling portion is like literally 
something I was just thinking about in my mind too. Find, like, find, is it find like people that are willing to pay you ten dollars and then X amount, and then once you reach a million, then like scale your business so that way you can hire other folks to do the exactly. exact same thing. Exactly. You become a multimillionaire. So that's all risk taking. That's all getting capital. Um, and the access that we have to like, you know, put ourselves out there. I love what you guys do because we have to put ourselves out there. Be not even. We shouldn't have to put ourselves. Be taking I'm not sure I understand. Be making sure that we are being like, hey, we're investors. We people that talk about finance. We're we're people that talk about this and not feel any sort of type of way. And really, that's where our confidence comes from. And people will be confident in us if we're confident in what we're doing. So I'm right. going all off tangent, but that is my as concise as I can make it. No, nah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Which it's it's gonna lead it leads into this other part because you know, like. Some folks make their generational wealth in, in the market. Some folks make it within real estate and other yep. folks, they make it within the private sector. Yep. Now, you, my friend, <laughs> not only have that private, that, that, that publicly traded financial advisory, but let's come on over into this other world. You know, we kind of dipped into it a little bit because you yourself are an entrepreneur yourself. Yeah. But talk to us a little bit about because there's New Street Advisors and then there's also New Street Venture Group. Yes. Yes. All right. So talk to the people about that because like two two houses, two powerhouses <laughs> that do some phenomenal things. Thank so you. are you now in some private equity angel investing venture capital? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100%. All right. So we let we well, let's talk about it. How did? How did that start? How did that? How did that get? How did you get there? And also, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was, it was so interesting because you mentioned New Street Advisors Group, my baby. We've had a bunch of client families, tens of millions of dollars in the public markets. But I realized that during the twenty twenty, everyone was like, "How else could I invest? I'm making so much money in the public markets. Can I do venture? Like, what else could I do?" And I, I've always had an inkling for venture investing because I've seen it. I mean, I watched. Shout out to them. Salute to them what Harlem Capital did and some different mm -hmm. people in the community that did to like really say, hey, we're investing in the private markets. People, when I went to business school, people made it seem like that was the holy grail, that you could never touch that <laughs> unless you went to investment banking first and got your behind beat in. Mm -hmm. And then you had a <laughs> chance someone wanted to get you to venture capital private equity. And let's be honest, like if you look at any shop across the country, there's not a lot of diverse faces in these shops. They're small, they're small um, teams, they're non-diverse, they have relationships that you can't break into. It's virtually impossible. And so I was like, I had a lot of clients that were hitting me up about, oh, how do you invest in like, these companies before they're public? And I was like, hey, I do know. Um, and so I brought on two partners who Craig might be watching and then Danielle, who, um, you know, we saw that there was a need for my client base. They have a different network and people want to be active. We actually talk about generational wealth it's in the public markets, yes, but it's really in the private markets. We talk about early stage. You're taking larger bets because you have more discretionary capital. You're taking riskier bets, but those riskier bets can sometimes yield bigger rewards, right? And that's mm. like Peter Thiel being the first, you know, outside check in Facebook and all these different people. I was like, a simple five hundred thousand dollar check turned into billions of dollars. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I obsessed over this, and so I like, all right, no more obsessing. Let's do action. So we've made two investments so far. One in two in a in Remix Party, which is um, um NFT minting platform. Um, um, it's really really cool company. They raised 
like 2.1 million out of nice. two million dollar valuation. And then we also and we, we're syndicating right now, so it's not even a fund. We're doing deal by deal syndicating. It's deal okay. Bringing people on, um, low low commitment of capital for our individual investors, and just saying, hey, if you can do something in this in this investment, we would like to have you in our syndicate. Um, and then we also invest, just invested in uh, Magpie, which is an alternative asset platform that's helping people like you know, manage their alternative assets, value them, safeguard them, do white glove service for, for that. And so nice. I think that's the way when you're talking about it, Mark and Jolene, about like generational wealth. I love it. It's three problems. We do private public markets. We do private. And then we also do crypto. I'm one of the few advisors that manages crypto for clients. And people are, you know, starting to dive into that. It's actually funny. Like crypto. You got, people let's go a little bit deeper into that. Let's yeah. go a little bit deeper. <laughs> Exactly. So, so how did you? So, how did you like bring in that world of crypto as it pertains? Like, because we we we've always known that you know financial advisory has always been like you know that it's it's kind of like cookie cutter, like you know the things, the tools in which that we all know. Now you're talking about something in which that is bringing another set of diversification into the space, which is crypto. So, talk to us about how, like, you know, what made you think that? Honestly, one, I've personally been invested. Two, um, I do believe, like you mentioned, diversification of assets. And again, all these things we talk about people is, is with due diligence or with an expert or um, obviously with, you know, discretionary capital. You know, I'm not a big believer in like what they call like, you know, digit or just going crazy on one. You know, that's not how I, I kind of run those operations or portfolio. But I believe everyone should do their own research and use things on their risk profile. But crypto itself, I believe in technology. I believe in decentralization when you're talking about different areas. I believe people are looking for another avenue and another asset. Um, and, you know, it, it's over a 10-year period. Bitcoin, you know, we talk about the winter now, the crypto winter, but if you pull back the chart, it's still <laughs> an incredible high, incredible that's a, gain. That's a great 10-year run. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, long-term, I, I fully believe in, in cryptocurrency, especially the large caps. Um, and I wanted to bring that to, you know, my client. I, I'm trying to be a family office for the for the, those people. You know, you think of family office typically for only wealthy people, the Waltons or Will Smith has a family office where he has people running his investment team. But yeah. we wanted to bring that to, to the masses. So that's why we opened up all avenues of investments. Nice, 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 nice. All right. So let's see here. Man, there, I, I could go on. I could I could literally go on, Jolene. But... You know, I guess, you know, some things that I want to like, let's, let's, let's bring it in. Like, cause let's, we talked about like the journey going into financial advisory. Then we talked about markets. Then we talked about like the other diversifications as well as getting into crypto as well as venture capital and startups. So let's, let's bring it all, let's, let's bring it all in. So when it's all said and done, if everything is done correct, Delano, you know, in the end, what does it look like for you? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, first and foremost, you mentioned something that is not even pattern. It's my truth. Because my, my, the way I work, if my clients do well, I do well. So I want my clients to reach all their goals. That'd be the first thing. Um, and that's why I strive for every day. People are like, oh, you know, I, <laughs> I literally am like a, a fierce, obsessive person. So like when it comes to fighting for my clients, when it comes to doing roles, all that stuff, 100%, that is the goal on that side. Now, personally, you know, for me, it's it shifted. It was like start a firm and do really well, bring out a lot of people. That's happened. It was now it's like um, it was do private market stuff. That's happening now. It's I, I don't I, you know I think I want to be 
I haven't even had this question a long time, but it feels good to like think about it uh, because I believe words and thoughts become things. And, and sure. honestly, I think it would be really just living a great life, investing, helping people. Uh, my dad is big on, you know, nonprofits. So they came from Nigeria. So they're big on helping immigrants. And so I want to, we have, there's a nonprofit he started. I want to get funding for that for a lot of more, more funding, I should say. Man, I'm all over the place and scattered. Um, no, it's okay. What it would really look like, but... That's dreaming big, though, like, right? It's like, you know, it should never really be just like that one thing, exactly. you know? It's like, I, I remember at one point in time, it started off as, like, the one thing, and then it's like, when you reach a certain point, like, dang, like, this was supposed to be so far away, and now it's, like, so close. Now it's like, I gotta rethink this all over again. Yeah. But... <laughs> But now it's like a lot like you, it's like, it's a multitude set of things. I think yeah. that, I think the thing that makes us kind of like kindred spirits is the fact that we want to see the folks around us win. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that that's like, I think that that's like the ultimate flex is when it's not about like the greatest cars and, you know, all this other stuff. Those things are nice. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But the greatest flex that you can ever do. And I think for like, and I, and I think we all, all three of us stand in agreement. The greatest flex is when essentially it's like you can just literally walk around and it's like you can just like literally feel the success of the other folks around you. Yes. And just to like you can just give each other that look and be like, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that in that thing, um so what is the last thing that you celebrated? Ooh. Ooh that is such an amazing question. So you have great questions, right? You had notepad, I'm like I know the question is going to be fire, so. <laughs> um, last thing I celebrated, so. Um, that'd be, that's a, well, so, okay. Um, multiple things. Well, the first thing would be, so my partner's birthday, my girlfriend's birthday, we were in Turks and Caicos, so we did celebrate that. And after, right before that, we started, and this is not even a thing, I don't know how long the show is going to last, let's just be honest, but we started a YouTube show um, backed by Yogi Toro where we just talked about, you know, different marketing. So we celebrated doing that because I thought, I'm not a content person. I'm not great like you guys are content, but I am doing <laughs> more into that because I'm like, Dude, that's where it's at. People are creating amazing content. You um, think that we started off as content people? Come I on. I know. But you've done a great job at it. <laughs> you are content. Whatever, all the things that you're saying, like seriously. Exactly. So, I mean, that would probably be the next thing. And I think, you know, if I'm looking at the horizon, I want to get to 500 client families that we're helping. I want to potentially raise a fund, venture fund. Um, and you know, that would be the next things I'm celebrating. My birthday is August 1st. I guess that'll be another thing, but you know, I'm a big accomplishments person, Jolyn. So I don't like, I don't tell about my birthdays that much. I, I really celebrate accomplishments. I remember when I had, you know, five billion asset center manager, I was like, Oh, I'm super, I, I am still, everything <laughs> is amazing and happy to do. Um, and we got to celebrate ourselves because I get so focused on the journey ahead a lot of times that, um, you know, you forget to like sit down, but I, I am like a, obsessive worker but we got to celebrate we got to sit back a little bit so i guess the the let, let's 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 top it off like let's we're gonna we're gonna finish it off somewhere there's there's a young high schooler or middle schooler that's sitting here watching us today yeah. 
And I'm a firm believer that, you know, it may not be today that they may be watching us. They may have just, you know, stumbled across us via YouTube or whatever platform was shared. And sometimes I believe that some of the things that we say will manifest themselves, yeah. you know, in somebody else's life. So whoever that young person is out there, if you can leave that one or, or, or a set of piece of, of life nuggets, um, especially as it pertains to like our world of, yeah. you know, whether it's financial literacy, finance, investing, startups, you know, whatever it could be. You know what would be that information that would be that I, I, I like to call it the passing of the baton yeah. to the next generation what would that be it's such a great question I'm going to break that down the chat's going crazy about Go birthday. For it. Michelle's birthday uh, dad's birthday 95 on August 1st happy birthday to him and Charles mom that's amazing so um, that's such an amazing thing wow. to see. and I think that's such a great question mark I think the best advice I have a couple things the way I did it. Like I'll always be from my perspective, but I also can see how you can switch it to how it changes to your personality. Yeah. Do the research and do the, the do the research and do become obsessed. Like I became obsessed in research and investing when I was nineteen twenty, like in undergrad. I found out I was I played sports in undergrad. That wasn't my right. I was I knew I was like, man, I'm not going to the NFL. What else do I do that's competitive? I started getting obsessed <laughs> about finance and investing, started reading books watching CNBC, watching other places, um, re watching documentaries about it. That's where my obsession came from. So do that research if it's your passion. You're only going to be able to do something a lot if you actually like it, right? Like don't force mm -hmm. yourself. Do what it is. It could be something else. Can't, it doesn't, maybe it's not finance. Maybe it's something else. But really be passionate about it and be obsessive about it. Number two, confidence. Like I'll be honest. Like I don't know about you guys. I didn't have some mentor that I just called about registered investment advisory thing. I read one blog that said, hey, how to make it a registered investment advisory firm for under X amount of dollars. That's what I use as my guidepost. I didn't have some mentor that's like helping me along the way. To this day, I don't call people about like stuff on how, and that's not a flexor that I'm arrogant. It's really because no. I don't really, mentors are, Mentors are good, but in some cases they're bad. I think that can hinder you in a lot of cases if you really believe what you're doing. You don't need someone like telling you every step of the way to what to do. You need yeah. to be able to do that yourself because you could only do it yourself. A mentor will only take you so far. And again, a mentor will also tell you, I'm the, the goalpost. Like the mentor will be like, hey, you're, you're my little bro. I am what you aspire to be. Maybe you're like, I, maybe the, remember the game in 50 Cent? The game didn't want to be in junior because he's like, I have all, you know what I'm saying? So like, you don't want to be little bro by anyone. So, you don't need a mentor. You need to focus and have confidence in yourself and what you believe in. If you're passionate about something and have a skill set in something, you can do that, like honestly. And then, you know, bring a community around with you. Your family, people may, may or not vibe with what you're doing, but just fully believe in what you're doing. Keep pushing, uh, especially if you're young. Um, time is a great asset. Like, start something when you're young because you can have the opportunity to make mistakes and still bounce back from that. If you're 30, 35, 40, 50, you. If you're young, and then I say young, young is so relative because 50, 40 is still young. You can still do something, make a mistake, and turn it around in a year or two, like, honestly. So being young, take those risks, especially if you're a young person, because that's the best time to, like, figure stuff out. Like, I wish I would have started my business earlier. Like, and I, and I started at 30 years old. I'm happy about that. But if I could have started earlier, all my experiences I love, but... You know, starting early would have just taught me more lessons right away and, and really, you know, put you on that track faster. Delano, you tell me you did not have one single mentor because 
That is so hard to believe. You didn't know. <laughs> My parents <laughs> always mentored me. It's a wealth ritual, Delano. Yeah. Having a mentor is a wealth ritual. And you mean to tell me you out here, you didn't have no mentor? I sound like an asshole right now. I don't think you can swear on the show. But um, <laughs> I, sorry, I, I like a meal. I have, my parents always mentored me. And I have strong people in my corner that I've always supported and backed me. Now, when I say mentor, I'm strictly speaking about someone in the finance space that like really took me mm. under the Hey, I'm going to show you this, this, and this. I didn't work for another firm. I didn't, I, I, I talked to five advisors before I started. They gave me advice that some of it, I still look at some of that I don't, but I didn't have someone that I call every day or every week or even every month that showed me exactly how they did it. And that's my experience, but people could use that. Some people yeah. need that guy post of guidance and I always think about it from the mentor's perspective, like why they do this today. Like hopefully they're just supporting you. Maybe it's a family member. But my family, my dad's a lawyer, my mom was a nurse, and, but no one is in finance in my family, and right? And my friends, none of them are really entrepreneurs, right? And so um, a mentorship isn't a bad thing, and I think you should learn, you can learn from people that are giving the, community, the information out for free, but um, don't rely on it as a crutch um, in, in all cases. Sometimes you may have to just do it on your own and just push forward without relying on the crutch. That's if that makes sense, Joe. But that's a great one. Not yes, I'm not because I'm oh Lord. <laughs> 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 Found the right one, or I don't know, because I swear, like you know, I feel like I have different mentors for different, um, for different for things. things. I have, like, I have like a mentor, and then I have mm. a grand mentor who mm. is my mentor's mentor, and mm. um, you know, even Mark has been a mentor, like mm. on this whole wealth journey, and that mm. talking every day and all that, like you know that. I just having someone who has been where you are, but also can see where you could go, you yeah. know, even when it's past them, yeah. um, is so key. And so I also think it's also like a personality thing. Yes. Um, and there also is a very specific way about how you engage yep. a mentor and a yes. mentorship. Yes. And, you know, we have a whole. I love I'm it. still. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm still looking for a mentor at this stage of where I'm yeah, at because I honestly, like, yo, it's kind of like a lonely island that out is. here. But you know, it's 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 not something that I'm gonna force mm -hmm. to make happen. It's like I always believe that when the student is ready to learn, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like you know, it's like for me, it's like when I'm. It's like there must be something. It's like when I'm ready to truly like learn and I'm always open to learn, but it's like when the time comes where it's like, it's that next stage for me to learn. I strongly believe that there's going to be someone that's going to definitely come along my path and be like, have you thought about it like this? Or have you thought about it? Like, you know, I, I strongly believe that those things happen. And sometimes they're just there for, there's sometimes they're in your life seasonally. And then there's other folks that are in your life that are, they're the, that have become the roots. Those mentors become the roots in your life, like almost like parents. Exactly. And sometimes this, like this community, is a mentorship. Like learning from I. So when I say mentor, I mean that one-on-one -on -one individual. I yep. learned by literally watching stuff, reading stuff. I scoured blogs, and maybe in in, a, in effect, that was my mentor, right? Like I learned so much from like when I was talking about venture capital and how I got obsessed. I read this hustle person blog. I forget her name. Hustle fun. I literally just read everything about our box. So maybe that was like a mentorship, but I didn't get Jolene and Mark that like 
one-on-one thing. And you make a good point. Personality makes a, a, a big part of it because I'm someone that's like weird and hopefully are, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm super paranoid. So I'm like, why are you helping? What do you want? Like, what do you, I'm always questioning. And my girlfriend will tell you this. I'm super paranoid. Like even in business, I've always been very paranoid. I'm watching like every movement, like why people want to do something or why does this person like, so I definitely, you're right, Mark. Like when that, when you're ready, that teacher will appear. I, I feel like I want a mentorship in the next stage of what I want to do. You had to, you asked me that question about the next stage. Maybe I need a mentor to help one, help me clarify it. And two, help me get there because I do think like the next thing is like scaling to an unbelievable level where we're all happy, but communities can be mentorship. And those are, yes, good. Can. And that yes, is, can. that is such a, that is such a fair point. Speaking of communities, speaking of communities, because we've reached the Cinderella hour of our show. One question, but go ahead. Oh, you, oh, you, I think I already know what question it is, so I'm going to let you take it. Go ahead, Jolene. Go ahead. All right. So now we've come to this time where I must ask you, <coughs> what, what cousin are you? Jolene, I am the cousin that is going to challenge you to a basketball game, a football game. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you some sort of athletic prowess, all right? That is me. And one, I'm also the cousin that's going to back and support you. I do 100% believe in supporting the people around me. If anyone in my family, anyone I know where to start a business, I'm there as an advisor. I'm there as hopefully capital. I'm there as anything I can be because I believe in supporting people around me 100%. Anyone that's taking a risk, I'm going to support you because I realized I wanted that so much when mm -hmm. I was taking my own risk. That's the whole type of cousin I am. People, please let me know. Yeah, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Charles calls you the challenger cousin. I was going to be like, it's either the challenger cousin or keep that same energy cousin. I could be the challenger cousin too, honestly. I'm like, oh man. See, what's up with folks? Like, they go to New York and then all of a sudden it's just like, dang, it's like, it's that energy. Like, I, like, I, you know, shout outs to Cousin Q because I didn't get to play any basketball with him when I was out there in New York. So, Q, just know this if you're watching. I know we got to get some shots up. And so now we got Delano. So we can, you know, we can run a nice little game of 21 yeah. out there. <laughs> Or get a or get a nice little flag football game going on because I ain't trying to have nobody get injured out here. <laughs> All right, Delano, thank you so much, bro. You are always welcome to the stage. Like anytime that you want to, that you just want to come and like break bread with us, sit down and talk. The next time that we get you here in this part too, though, we're definitely going to be talking about like okay, hey, the follow up from this show and talking about those markets yeah. and how is it that we come on that journey. Yeah. But we wish you all nothing but the best, brother. Anytime, just shoot, just shoot the message in the sky, and, and you're always welcome here at the Come Up Series. Thank we you, definitely boy. threw your, uh, we definitely threw every place and where they could potentially find you on social media, uh, in the description of the video. So whether it's New Street Advisors, New Street Venture Group, as well as your podcast, and on top of that, if you want to engage in some pretty dope conversations with him on Twitter. Go ahead and hit that follow. Uh, but thank you so much for just taking your time to rock with us because we know it's pretty late over there where you're at. Uh, I had a blast, Mark and Jolene, Come Up Series, Cousins, everyone. This is like, honestly, NoBS, my favorite platform to be on. I, I just, <laughs> no, I, honestly, I, I love what you guys are doing. So I really appreciate you taking time to have me on. 
So thank you both for this. This is really fun. Thank you for being here. You're welcome anytime, man. Just shoot, just say the word, and I may just shoot you a message. Be like, hey, you trying to rock again? I would love that. I really do. I would love that. All right. Well, y'all, thank you so much for watching us this evening. Until next time, the more you learn, the more you earn. Keep researching, keep studying, and keep growing. Because the more you learn, the more you earn. Until next time, I'm Mark Monroe. Your turn. Thank you. No, no, no. You got to say who you are. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm Delano Sapporo. I apologize. I didn't. <laughs> 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 I almost didn't have any follow-up the whole show. Oh, man. A lot of people, I appreciate y'all. Yes. And I'm Joanne JC in the place to be. And this has been your come up. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. But make sure, do they have Supplemental Sunday? Yes. Wait. Be sure to check Supplemental. Mm, 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 mm. I'm assuming so, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we know that y'all will get with TiVo because if Supplemental Sunday is a thing, then make sure you stop by and drop TiVo and AJ and check out and see what they got cooking in their classroom. We'll see y'all next week. Peace, y'all. Peace, everyone.